Clancy Pasta presents. My family and I started a garden, but something went very wrong. Written by Rotsoil. Don't you think it would be a good idea to teach them some responsibility? I mean, what's the alternative? We get a puppy, and you know how that's going to go. Mom and Dad will end up caring for it, and the whole lesson of responsibility won't matter anymore. At least this way, we'll get something out of it, and they can't screw it up too bad. Julie had a point, and I couldn't think of anything better. Yeah, alright. We can take the kids to the home improvement store and get what we need, I said. Somehow, my wife always got her way, and she was right. The kids could use some responsibility. A small garden was probably a better step than a pet the kids would eventually toss aside. If the garden didn't work out, it wasn't the end of the world. Actually, I was thinking, there's that small nursery like 15 minutes from here. Maybe we can check that out instead? You know, support local businesses and all that? I sighed in response. It wasn't that I didn't want to support local businesses. I just knew what to expect at a home improvement chain. I knew we would be able to get what we needed and the quality we could expect. Oh, come on, Liam, Julie said, giving me that smile that always won me over. All right, all right. Go round up the kids and I'll get the car started. She put down the dish she had been washing, wiped her wet hands on her jeans, and ran off to pull the kids away from their video games. Andrew and Amy were good kids, but they were getting pretty spoiled. Julie did a lot for them, more than she should. She always excused it by saying they were kids, and kids these days grew up too fast and she wanted them to enjoy their childhood. Julie met me in the car, the kids in tow behind her. Amy looked excited, she was always down for trying something new. Her older brother couldn't have been more annoyed. He scowled at me from the rearview mirror clearly unhappy having been pulled from whatever video game he had been glued to. Where are we going? he whined. Well, your mom thinks it's time we taught you two a little more responsibility, and I agree, I said, eyeing him in the mirror again. I watched him roll high eyes and let out a huffy sigh. But we already have chores, Andrew insisted. And your mom and I end up doing them more than you do, I replied, using my serious dad tone. Everyone was quiet for the rest of the ride. So, what do you want to get, and what do you need to grow it? Julie asked the kids. I could tell she was trying to prompt them to make a decision, so it felt like less of a punishment and more of a good thing. I grabbed a shopping cart, and we all filed into the store. Let's grow tomatoes, Amy said, probably a little too loudly. Behind her, Andrew rolled his eyes. Okay, sounds good. So what do you need to grow tomatoes? I asked. Truthfully, I hated tomatoes. Tomato sauce and ketchup were fine, but the real deal? I couldn't stand the taste. I didn't like the texture either. Anything with chunky tomatoes was off the table. Salsa was pushing it. Seeds, Amy exclaimed. Right, and what else? Andrew? I prompted. I don't know. Dirt? He sighed and rolled his eyes again. If he did it one more time, I was going to hit him with the if you're not careful, your face will get stuck like that comeback my dad always hit me with when I was a moody preteen. Alright, so we need some potting soil, Julie said, looking around. It might be over with the pots. 
I nodded towards an arrangement of flower pots. Let's see. Ah, potting soil. I picked up a bag and dropped it into the cart. This must have been some kind of discount or family-run store, because the bag was made of a material thicker than your usual plastic bag, and the lettering on the package was already faded. Amy, do you want to pick out a pot? Julie asked. Amy's eyes lit up just like Julie's do when she gets excited. Make sure you pick out a nice big one. As soon as we got home, Amy started hopping around, unable to contain her excitement. Andrew stomped up to his room to sulk and play more video games. It wasn't long before the tomatoes had sprouted and started growing big and plump. Amy and Julie plotted everything they would make once the tomatoes were ready to be picked. I started planning alternate meals for myself that wouldn't involve the offending fruits. Suddenly, every meal had tomatoes. Tacos with fresh salsa, spaghetti, salad, chicken parm with diced tomatoes instead of sauce. The weird thing was, the more the tomatoes grew, the more my family ate them, the sicker they got. It started with a cough, and then a fever. All three of them had the same symptoms. Then their skin got red and blotchy, like it was drying out. Their skin started flaking off, and it felt scaly when I touched it, like lizard skin. The second week they complained about aches and pains, and they all developed dark spots on their skin. I just don't know what it could be, Julie complained one night, getting ready for bed. I had taken to sleeping on the couch in case it was contagious, but at this point I was the only one who didn't have it. I wanted to take them all to the doctor to have it checked out, but she insisted on waiting to see if it got better first. Well, is there anywhere the three of you went that I didn't? Anyone you saw? Anything you ate? I asked. No, I don't think so. Oh, well, there's the tomatoes. Amy's been eating a lot of them, and she seems to have the worst of it. You think the seeds are bad? The seeds did make sense. The tomatoes were the only thing they had eaten that I hadn't, but I never heard of seeds being bad or making people sick like it. If none of you are better by Monday, I'm calling the doctor, I said firmly. But they didn't get better. They only got worse. I'd confine them all to Julie and I's room, that way I could keep an eye on all of them at the same time. They barely spoke at this point, and I wasn't even sure they were conscious anymore. They just laid there, breathing heavily, clothes and bedding soaked with their sweat. I don't know, Doc, it isn't like anything I've ever seen before, I said approaching the room. And Liam, you said it was getting worse? Dr. Solanum asked. He'd been my doctor for as long as I could remember, so when Julie needed a new doctor, I recommended him. It only made sense we have him treat the whole family since the kids were born. Yeah, I answered, twisting the doorknob and pushing it in. I was greeted with what I could only assume was the stench of death. They smell worse today. Should I bring them in? So, you said they're running a high fever, can't eat or talk, their skin is dry but warm, their teeth are brown, and all they really do is lay there? They can't get out of bed? It's getting worse each day. I don't know what to do. I'm sure Dr. Solonim could hear the desperation in my voice, but... I was at a loss. My family was getting sicker, but there was nothing I could do to help them. 
Well, it sort of sounds like necrotizing facetis, but it also doesn't. I'm not sure, to be honest, he replied. My heart sank. Doctors were supposed to fix you, and he had no idea what was wrong? There's nothing you can do, I pleaded. I'll admit I was close to tears. Things were going downhill fast. I could lose my whole family tomorrow. I can't treat it for sure until I know exactly what we're dealing with. I'll prescribe a round of antibiotics for all three, but since they're unable to get out of bed and we don't know if it's contagious, we'll come to you. I can have my team at your house tomorrow morning. Is that alright? I could hear the sympathy in his voice, but it didn't make me feel any better. I mumbled my thanks and hung up the phone as Amy started coughing. I rushed over to her, handing her a glass of water from the bedside table, but she didn't have the strength to hold it. It fell from her hand, rolled off the blanket, and fell to the floor, soaking us both. I recoiled as she continued coughing, splattering blood down the front of her. What if it could be transmitted through her blood? I pushed all fears from my mind and got to work cleaning her up. I quickly changed the bedding, careful not to touch any of the blood. I tossed the bedding and my clothes in the wash and got in the shower to clean myself up. The more I thought about my situation, the angrier it made me. After my shower, I found myself stomping to my phone. Before I knew it, I was dialing the nursery we had gotten the tomato seeds from. What the hell did you sell me? I demanded as soon as the other end picked up. I didn't even give whoever answered a chance to say anything before I started yelling. Excuse me? The voice on the end sounded bored. You sold us some bad seeds and now my family is sick. Sir, I don't know what you're talking about. All our seeds come from the same place and they've never made anyone sick. Well, something is making them sick. I was furious. I would hold these people accountable for making my family sick if it was the last thing I did. Did you buy anything else while you were here? I, uh, we bought some potting soil. Why does that matter? I was caught off guard by the question. Ah, came the tinny reply. What? What is it? I was screaming now. We, uh... We don't sell potting soil, sir. What? Yes, you do. I bought it from your store. I have it right here. I said, making my way to the garage where we kept the soil we hadn't used. I found the bag where we had left it, curled over itself to try and keep moisture out. It says... Rotting soil? It was difficult to make out, but upon further inspection... I could see the faintest lines indicating the bag had once said rotting soil, but had worn away to potting soil. There was a logo of a pile of dirt with eyes etched under the words. The other end of the line was silent. What the hell is rotting soil? I asked. It's, uh, or, you know, rotting stuff, came the reply. What the hell does that even mean? Who would buy this? Why would you even sell this? Is this a fucking joke? Sir, it's not my place to question who does what with what they buy. People buy it, we sell it. If you have a problem, you'll need to call the owner. 
The voice sounded annoyed now. I was silent for a while, trying to process everything. At some point, the person on the other end hung up. I went back inside to check on my family. My heart dropped when I saw them, and a feeling of dread crept over me. They were all so still, too still. Andrew? I whispered, my voice catching in my throat. He didn't answer, of course. I reached out and touched his wrist to check his pulse. The bones under his skin felt gritty and grainy, like they were disintegrating. The hair on the back of my neck stood up as ice-cold fear ran through my veins. I couldn't feel a pulse. My hand flew up to check the pulse in his neck, his head falling to the side limply. He didn't seem to be breathing, but there was a pulse. It was there, but barely. Relief fluttered over me, but I knew the situation was still dire. My family was all but a bunch of corpses lying in my bed. I called the doctor and updated him with what I knew now, but he didn't seem hopeful. I've only heard of one other case of something like this, but by the time they knew about it, the decay had already progressed too far, the doctor said. I'm not exactly sure. The details are a little hazy, something about a golf course and some kid trapped in the dirt. What happened to him? I asked. Every nerve in my body felt on edge as I anticipated the answer. He died, the doctor said simply. Of course, there are no notes or observations. Everything was seized by some vague government team and no information has been released to the public. So, my family is going to die? I asked stupidly. Amy is coughing up blood. We'll see. It does seem to be progressing at an accelerating pace, but do not lose hope. I'm canceling the antibiotics. I'll send my team over immediately. I'll bring them in and I'll treat them at the hospital. We'll do what we can. The medical team arrived promptly. I watched as an ambulance van backed into my driveway and two men emerged from the van. Uh, are you wearing enough? I asked one of the men who approached me with a clipboard. Both people were only wearing scrubs, a mask, and gloves. I didn't know much, but it occurred to me that they probably should have been wearing more, especially since we didn't know what we were dealing with. We'll be okay. Please sign this release form, he replied, handing me a clipboard. Where are they? Upstairs, I answered as I scribbled my signature on the form. I probably should have read it over more carefully, but the gravity of the situation made it difficult for me to decipher the medical jargon on the page. The man signaled to the other, who began pulling gurneys out of the back. They both took one inside while I stood helplessly in the driveway. They emerged shortly, each pulling a gurney, and quickly loaded up the van. Julie was strapped to one, and Andrew to another. The second man went back into the house while the clipboard man came to talk to me. Don't worry, sir. We'll take it from here. Your family will be in good hands. The doctor will call you soon with more information. Uh, thanks, I said, as I watched the second man carry Amy out of the house and buckle her into a seat in the back of the van. Her body flopped forward, 
straining against the seatbelt. I could have sworn her eyes were open then, but she was staring directly at me. Before I could say anything else, both men returned to the van. The clipboard man got in the driver's seat, while the second man started shutting the back doors. It was then that I noticed the shovels in the back and the bags that looked too familiar. Why would an ambulance need shovels? Dread filled me as the van pulled out of my driveway and started down the street. It was then that my fears were confirmed. This was not an ambulance. I could clearly see the logo painted on the side of the van. A picture of dirt with eyes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>